being sent out to the kids at school. Um, fifth through 12th graders, the questions that include, what is your gender identity? Female, male, non-binary, transgender, or other? Which of the following best describes you? Heterosexual, gay or lesbian, bisexual. Um, what is your ethnicity? And it gives options. What is your race? All that apply. Beyond that, is there another ethnic group with which you identify? Um, my son is in seventh grade, and I don't want to have to describe to you or explain to him what some of these terms are. Um, so just kind of uh, wrap it up is my rights as a parent um, regarding my decision. Well, that, that was from the public school or the private school? That's this it. was a public school, and it, the name of the group was PBIS. Um, so it was, a, it was a, a, a private survey company that had access to your kids in the yeah. government school? This was through a public school, but it came up in this Facebook group, Be the Parents of Wisconsin, letting other parents know these are the things that they're being exposed to. And the name of the group that created the survey is PDIS, which is Positive Behavioral Interventions and Supports. That came up in Burlington. Kathy, when are you running for school board? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, all of that that you said, the, um, the critical race theory, um, how we have to accommodate all of the different um, gender issues going on, right down to every single day in social studies, they watch CNN News. We still have Common Core. That was something that Evers signed on to, that all the governor, or governors, um, in the United States signed on to, right? And that's a Bill Gates thing. And that has infiltrated our private schools, our public schools, and our kids aren't getting brainwashed. And I think we're, you know, we worry about all of our rights, but that's our future. So who's, I don't know, who can muscle that? The school board, somewhat, but um, yeah, I'm really concerned about the indoctrination that's happening with our kids, starting from 3K on. So. We can't fix this in this room. We can't fix this, friends. Um, you may or may not know this, but curriculum is actually decided by district. So this is a school board level discussion. If you are not on the school board right now, I would urge you to start showing up at the school board meetings to 
school board accountable. I can't tell you the number of times I have been told that nobody has shown up for a school board meeting across the state. I was over in Coleman, Wisconsin, over by La Crosse last week, and three of the attendees for the listening session were the only people to show up for the school board's meeting. Unbelievable. If we don't show up and actually hold people, and I know that that was a busy night for everybody. I know that they had a thing going on. But sometimes you gotta pass on the thing to show up at the other thing that is going to make a long-term difference. And I know that I'm asking for a ridiculous amount of time investment right now, but you came here, you came here because you're angry and you want to see a policy agenda that is much more reflective of your beliefs. And I'm saying, at the school board level, the curricular level, we can change this, but we need people willing to run for those offices. We, great people have to stand up, put their name on the line, and I know it's scary, and I know you're risking being canceled. And I know you don't want to put your kids in the family for that. And I'm sorry, but you have to. But hey, you're a substitute teacher, that's really hard to do. Um, on the critical race theory bill, um, Idaho just signed a critical race theory bill um, to outlaw the teaching of critical race theory in K-12 in that state. Uh, I don't know who the author is going to be in our state assembly or state senate, but I have been told that that bill is in the works. So look for that. I'm sorry that I don't have a prediction on who that author is going to be, but I know that there's one thing to add on the education at the legislative level, of course, we have two reps or state reps and state senate, but you can call all of your state representatives and state senators, which is to expand the voucher program. Make the voucher program open to every single student in the city of Wisconsin. Doesn't matter what the income of the parents are, nothing matters. It's open to every single student in the state of Wisconsin. It restores parents' rights, first of all. And I guarantee you, the public schools, if they want to survive, will have to change their curriculums, will have to change what they're teaching and how they're teaching it, because they don't, right now, the money's pretty much a given. They're going to get X percentage because that's how the system works. It makes them compete for the students, and therefore, if they're going to compete, they're going to have to try to offer a superior product, which they are not. And if they have to go up against private schools, which again, look at the test results, numbers, everything else, those schools do better, it's one of the quickest ways to even the playing field and help the, the students. Now, as Rebecca said, the current governor will veto it. So what? Let him be on the record that he wants to institutionalize our children in these indoctrination camps, use it against them in the next election. And then when we get a conservative governor, bring the bill back, get it signed into law, and it's a fait complete at that point, and it changes the entire dynamic. My name is Karen Ball, I'm from Acton, Wisconsin. And uh, I'm a Jesus follower, and I think one of the things that bothered me the worst to the pandemic, I understood the first couple of weeks, uh, I was considering an essential employee, so on March 16th, and everybody else went home, uh, office manager got to sit uh, by herself. And uh, so I get that, but um, the freedom of faith, the freedom of God, when you're talking about shutting down churches, um, we have a moral problem in our nation. And uh, the United States is going the way of Europe, and we're going quick. 
and it's a slippery slope right now. And um, I just think that when you um, tell churches, um, my husband and I, my husband's a pastor, we've been in the ministry for over 30 years, and most of us have been in Wisconsin. And uh, when we start telling churches and pastors that we can't meet, um, we shut down for about a month, and we start back up. conservative views, even though at every turn he was being sucker punched. Um, now it feels like there's no one for the 70 million or whatever who voted for him. Um, I'm looking for communication. The unfortunate thing about today's media, that I am covering the um, is that it is very, very hard to find So I, I don't find 
Wall Street Journal, I don't find this politics, I don't find a real report to having clients. Now, if you are looking for things that will have um, a little bit more relatable conservative content, then I would suggest an Iver Institute. I would suggest Empower Wisconsin. I would suggest a regular Joe show. <laughs> <laughs> Justin News, they do cover Wisconsin pretty good. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts because Rudy Giuliani, who just got the, the raid, part of the raid was to go after the founder of Justin News, a guy named John Solomon, who's been one of the most honest investigative reporters that I think exists right now, that has a, a big of a platform. But he does, that platform has been following what's happened with Wisconsin elections in a bunch of our state issues. So that'd be another one to look at as well. And it's, it's free for as long as. I guess he's out of jail at this point, but we'll see what they do. <laughs> Let's hear one, one more comment, and then I'm going to poll you guys on a couple of things with uh, show of hands. Hi, Rebecca. So I'm Matt Albert. I am the chair of the Albany County Republican Party. Um, one of the things that I see in my members, and you know, when we have events like we had regular Joe Biden at Thomas Pub in the county not too long ago, um, a lot of people don't feel like they have the power to do anything. We heard that just now. And, you know, I'm up there jumping up and down the soon saying, we can empower you, you know, get involved, join the party, all of that. But one of the things that I think, you know, all of these are great examples of things that people are attracted uh, to the state and their challenges. But people need to know that they have the power to change those things. And so, what I would say I would like to see from uh, policy perspective, not necessarily, but like from elected officials, is the empowerment of the voters. Because, you know, I'm a county party chair. I hear every day about how the party is doing nothing or the party this, the party that. I'm telling everybody today that, you know, I've got my party chair and I want to say this up. Robin Boss, Jim Steinke, Mitch McConnell, they are not the Republican Party. You know, our state party chairman, Andrew Hitt, is not the county. Our 8th district chairwoman, Kelly Ruth, they are not the Republican Party either. The Republican Party is every person who goes into a voting booth and checks the uh, box of Republican candidates. And you have the power to, you know, I got involved three years ago. I'm 34 years old. I'm the county party chairman out of Union County. If I can do that, uh, you guys, if we can get involved, you can move the needle, you can, you can influence what your county parties are doing, you can influence what your legislators are doing, and, and we can provide that conduit. And so, 
you is, you know, helping empower people, getting them hooked up with where they can be effective would be something that I would like to see from elected officials. Okay, everyone, as a result of this meeting, I hope you are all preparing to sign up to be poll watchers, uh, which you, again, uh, if you're a poll worker, you get paid. Watcher, you know, you are direct into the, the actual uh, war zone, right? So as a result of this meeting, sign up in order to make sure that election integrity is a primary thing in your life. Number two, um, think about what office you are about to run for. Um, because that is really, really important. We need to take back every level of government, including nonpartisan offices like school board, like town council, like mayor's races, county board races. So think about what you are going to run for. And number three, understand that just as your pastor told you that the church is the people and not the building, the party is the people, not the apparatus. Donald Trump said, we're not going and starting another party. We're going to use the apparatus, what has already been built inside the Republican Party. It's already been built. There's no reason to reinvent another apparatus. If you care about this, go take over the apparatus that exists and work it to your will, because that is the will of the people, and the will of the people is the law of the land. Okay, poll questions. Um, I ask these at every single one of our listening sessions. Uh, there are a lot of people who are small business owners, there are a lot of people, uh, parents, who are very frustrated with um, our workforce today and just the level of adulting skills that they are seeing among our general population. It has been suggested to me at a number of our listening sessions that in order to graduate from high school, or perhaps even, in order to graduate from eighth grade in the state of Wisconsin, we have a requirement. Now, this is a government mandate I am talking about, but a, a requirement of a combined uh, slate of classes that would address things like um, technical education, think the old-fashioned industrial arts, the difference between a Phillips head and a flat head, how to read tape measure type of stuff, um, to home economics, so your, your basic, you know, this is a cup. Um, this is how you mix. Uh, I know that that sounds ridiculous, but you also know you have to hire people. Right? So, and unfortunately, in some places in this state, parents have gotten really, really busy um, and are not teaching these things. We do have statewide mandates for graduation requirements. Actually, we just passed one. We got to sign it on Holocaust education. Um, we, in uh, 2017, under our administration, passed and signed the requirement that financial literacy be a graduation requirement in the state of Wisconsin. We also have a graduation requirement that a student must pass the citizenship exam in Wisconsin. So the same one that if you are an immigrant to this country, you want to become a citizen, you have to pass that test. If you are a high school student in Wisconsin, you cannot get your diploma unless you pass that exam. So by a show of hands, um, these adulting skill classes, um, I would like to know whether you would like to see a graduation requirement of a, a basic life skills suite, 
So adulting classes, yes, show up here.
in the next few months, will you announce that you are running for governor? Now this is about programming for your show, Jim. <laughs> In the next few months, I think you will hear exactly how I intend to devote all of my time to making Tony Ebers a one-term that Republicans run on solid, fresh, reasonable ideas, which is what we have been gleaning from all of these sessions. And so if there is something that even a friend who could make it here today wants to say and participate, give them those email addresses, give them those social accounts. And you can always find me at Rebecca Clayfish on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram. Yeah, I'm super boring on Instagram. We're gonna be better. Um, I, you know what, I have a parlor account, but it for some reason is shut down right now. Probably because they love to censor people like me. My, my daughter literally got kicked off of TikTok because we love that stuff. That's what's right. Gotta, gotta love communist China. All right, thank you guys very much. They didn't like her, I'll just be very honest. They, they, they saw much like they saw Reagan, for those that were old enough to know. Uh, but this, be clear. The Republican Party was not a fan of Ronald Reagan. They weren't a fan of Donald Trump. And in 2010, they weren't a fan of another person that wasn't the groomed, established person, but then nonetheless, not unlike Donald Trump, ran and successfully won. And this is where you see three different packages, but you see a little bit of the same content in all of these things. Now, I love movies and movie analogies, and one of the things I always talk about are Rocky films, because as I recently told someone, watch all seven, I don't even know how many there are now, seven of them, and you'll learn everything you need to know about life, including, if you haven't seen it, see Rocky Balboa, that was the last one, it's awesome But Rocky Three is one of my favorites, because in Rocky Three, you have now Rocky, who's a scrapper, right? He just came up from Philadelphia, he was given a shot, and then he wins, and he becomes the heavyweight champion, but by Rocky Three, he's become two, well, he wasn't fat, but he was happy. He was getting his, his fights were being set up by his manager so he'd win. He didn't know it. And then Clubber Lang, played by Mr. T, shows up and challenges him. And Clubber Lang does just that. He beats the suffering out of Rocky because he didn't even realize how soft he had become as a fighter. I think right now, to a large degree, the Republican Party is Rocky in Rocky III. They think they're out hitting hard. That's because they haven't been up against Mr. T. And if Mr. T shows up, it's going to be ugly. We need people to be ready to fight, that are willing to step forward in those bold colors, and in that, that desire to defend and fight for what is the true, the good, and the beautiful. That's why I love the Rocky Three analogy, because what's the rest of the film? 
He has to get back the eye of the tiger. That's where the song comes from. He has to, matter of fact, his old opponent shows up and says, you've lost something. I'm going to get, help you get it back. And by the end of the film, he's back in fighting color, fighting condition, ready to go. So two can be what we're trying to do, is what Reagan said. Do we need a third party or do we need one of bold colors? His answer then was, bold colors will win the day. And he was right. So the question everyone's being asked today, because remember, you're here to speak. You're here to look for me, you're here a little bit from Rebecca and maybe a few others, but really you're the stars of this because the question is, what is the conservative agenda going forward? What do we want that to be? Well, it has to have bold colors, that's for sure. And we have to have relentless fighters. It's not something we can sit on the sidelines for, whether you're an elected official or just a citizen. Nobody can sit by as we look at right now a head-on assault to all of our most basic rights into the underpinnings of what is our republic. So it's all hands on deck. Nobody that's just sitting back, and, and, you know, I'm not picking. I mean, everyone has lives. Conservatives tend to actually work for a living. They start businesses. They don't do things like liberals are professional troublemakers. That's all they do. Really, I mean, think about it. This is why they want to pay them until they're 30 years old to live in mom and dad's basement, because then they have a little army. We need to build a better army. What we do, what we believe in, we've got the truth. We have the greatest asset one can ask for. We just need to get out there and fight for it. Which, as I've said in the past, it's all about thinking smart, acting effectively, and working together. And again, that's what the point of this is. Giving you a chance to have a voice on how to work together. And together we will make Wisconsin strong. Now, to listen to that, it's not just, you know, I'm just a schlub. I mean, you get somebody that, as I mentioned, that person in 2010, was not under the Rebecca Clayfish. I met her at a pro-life dinner where she came and asked if she could interview former Ambassador Alan Keyes, one of the very stalwarts of the pro-life movement. And we made it happen. I was emceeing the event. But that's where I met her. And I was impressed because I recall, I think it was that dinner that other, I honestly can never remember his name, Brett Davis. I, that was the other guy running for Lieutenant Governor. I always forget, okay, there's four others. She always corrects me. I just remember the Brett guy. Her versus five men. I'm not trying to steal anything from, from the battle. So she beat Clubber and a few others. But no, I mean, really, Brett was there, and she was there. And I listened to Brett speak, and I'll just say I was unimpressed. And, and it was because it was, a, it was a pale pastel, canned Republican speech about, well, babies are great, yay, life. I'm not, this was a pro-life dinner. That was it. I didn't see pale pastel back then. And as I said, today, going forward with all these things, bold colors will win. And as Lieutenant Governor, the former, I always have to struggle with that. I, was, I wish it wasn't former, but former Lieutenant Governor Rebecca Clayfish showed us those bold colors then. And I continue to hope that that would be what we see. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the former Lieutenant Governor who's here to listen to you, Rebecca Clayfish.
appreciate it. The 1848 Project, which is the organization on which we have You Are Here, is designed to build a conservative agenda for Wisconsin's future. And so we are traveling the state right now, having these listening sessions regionally and by demographic, and then also by industry sector. So we hear directly from you what you would like to see in the forward agenda, which is what we're going to call the conservative policy agenda for Wisconsin's future. We're calling it the forward agenda because we're not very creative. Forward is actually the Wisconsin state motto, but we also believe this agenda will indeed take us forward. And so we're excited about what you guys have to say today. If you showed up today, and I said this on your show, you showed up today expecting me to give you a talk or a speech or something, um, you are under the impression that the wrong folks are listening. I am actually here to do the listening today, not you guys. And so I am going to lend you an ear and then also a, a notebook that is repurposed from AP Human Geography in my household uh, in order to take notes because we have notebooks full of notes that I have taken in these listening sessions across the state. We're going to compile all of these notes. And we are going to work with some of the best scholars in the country to take your concerns, challenges, hopes, dreams, suggestions with them combined to find the very best policy prescriptions for what Wisconsin is telling us they want to see in this agenda. When we roll out this agenda, hopefully we'll have this work done by mid to late summer. When we roll it out, hopefully you're going to look at this and say, Oh my gosh, this is a direct reflection of what we just told her. Someone listen to us. And that's what I'm hopeful for here today. I, I want you to feel heard. There are a lot of people in the state right now who feel very unlistened to. And so I'm very listen. But I'm going to do that in just a second. But first I want to introduce um, two of my very good friends. Uh, your state representative and your state senator uh, also who will listen to you, um, but they don't have repurposed AP and Geography notebooks, so they're just going to have to cut all, all in their minds. Let's start with, okay, smartphones. Uh, let's start with Shay Sortwell. Thank you for being here, Thank you very much. Uh, I'm gonna keep it really brief because this is really about, uh, well, I mean, Rebecca know what's, what's uh, facing the state of Wisconsin, so. But what I will say is I do have to disagree with Joe a little bit. He said, Rocky, he said Rocky Three is the best of the movies. And, and, and you know, it's just, you know what, what's best, what's better about Rocky Four and the lesson we can pull from that and where we are coming from, where we are as a state and as a country. If you don't know the movie, who has here has not seen Rocky Four with the Russian? Okay. So what happened in Rocky Four? You had you had the, the former boxer wearing the American red, white, and blue uh, shorts. And he decided he was just going to have a fun little exhibition fight with this communist from Russia. It was just going to be fun. They were going to kind of play around. And it, that was it. That was all going to be fine and dandy. The Russian came and, and literally killed him. In the movie, at the beginning of the movie, the Russian communist comes in and kills Apollo Creed, wearing the red, white, and blue. That is what we are facing. We can't play fun with the communist socialists here in, that are trying to come, come in and take over our country. Yeah, that's right. 
because they are literally out to kill what makes America great. And what's why I love the movie so much is Rocky goes and then he, he trains hard just like he does a lot of the movies. He goes and he trains hard, he goes into very kind of brutal conditions into Siberia, into enemy territory. He comes back and he wins it for his friend and for his country. And by the time the movie is done, you've actually got the people of Russia chanting for Rocky, chanting for America, supporting these ideals. And that is what boldness does. That is what standing up for the right thing does. And so I hope that you will take this opportunity to tell Rebecca now, because I'll tell you, I fully expect the agenda that she puts together uh, for, from all these listening sessions will quite likely be the platform that the Republican Party runs on in 2022. Whoever our candidates are for the state assembly, state senate, governor race, attorney general, whatever that is, that'll probably end up being our platform because she's going around and doing the hard work to find out from everybody. Look, I have listening sessions here. I don't know what the heck is going on down in Sheboygan or over in Superior or wherever. She's doing this and collecting everybody from around the state. And so that's why it's important you're here. And I thank you that you're here. Thank you. Thanks, Becky. Uh, didn't know that I was going to be saying any words here. So, and we're here, we're here more to listen anyways. But uh, no, uh, it's, uh, it's always great to have these opportunities. Of course, I already have plenty of suggestions. I have bills introduced to, uh, to address a lot of these issues, certainly on uh, pro-life issues, protecting the Second Amendment. I think really one of the important things uh, is that as conservatives, it's not how much money you spend, it's how you spend it. And we can't be measuring our compassion by the, uh, the size of the check, essentially. What we have to do is uh, find a way to, to get government to work the way that it's supposed to. And uh, you know, I'm working on some veterans bills as well recently that I'm hopeful uh, are gonna help with some of our workforce issues, as well as uh, really respect uh, well, uh, one that I had a hearing on this week dealt with uh, our Hmong soldiers who were fighting on our side. They were armed by the CIA, they were recruited, and they were fighting on the side of liberty. They were fighting for their homeland, they were fighting uh, the communists, they were fighting for their liberty, and uh, unfortunately, uh, they lost that fight on our side at the same time that we were fighting. So, um, but I think that there's uh, obviously a lot of opportunities that hopefully we can have in two years that we don't have right now, and I uh, look forward to having a chance to do something about that in the State Senate rather than the State Assembly. So, I uh, appreciate everybody being here today. But Mrs. Regular Joe is actually here today, sitting next to my sister. Stand up so I can see her. But she's here because she has to move out tonight. Does that mean the kids are locked in the bedroom? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 
Well, yeah, look at the Joe Jr. right next to you. Yes, I mean, he's the oldest. facing Wisconsin is not necessarily Tony Ebert because we know he's shorter and Tony and won't be there in a short time. But I think a bigger problem is the threat that we face from Washington, D.C. in losing the autonomy of states' rights. And so uh, anybody considering becoming governor and our current uh, assembly and, and senate representatives need to make sure that we are doing all we can to preserve the rights that are ad allocated to the states in the Constitution and not let that continue to erode. Thank you. Thank you, Dad. Other thoughts? Worst problem facing Wisconsin? Government regs, too much bureaucracy, people forgot about the 10th Amendment. What do you think? Hey, I'm um, Nick Pearson, a uh, former Marine and current radio host of my own show. Thank you for your service. But um, what I'm finding the biggest problem in Wisconsin is the lack of response from the state legislature regarding certain issues. I've called my state senator numerous amount of times and I get one of the staff members and they sound absolutely bored to tears because they the coffee. And I've never seen any action on anything that I bring up. Conversation. So, so, so I'm trying to figure out 
the frustration about what happened in Brown County and so many other large population counties, and now, you know, as, as time goes on, we're burning all sorts of smaller population counties, is that there were third-party actors who got way more deeply involved in the process than we were ever told about. It took open record requests to find out this stuff. And listen, I'm a journalist by trade, right now. Um, and so I am particularly irritated by this because you shouldn't have to file an open record request in order to find out this stuff. And one of the bills that will be offered, I don't know if this one has actually been let out for co-sponsorship yet, deals directly with third parties having a role in elections and accountability and transparency. Is that a duty bill? Okay. Okay, so Andre testified for that bill. That's a duty bill. So make sure you're following the progress of that. That bill right now went from the state senate it's in the state assembly, which is our state house of representatives right now. And so follow the progress of that because it's super, super, super important. We need to hold people accountable. One additional way to hold people accountable is the state assembly, the legislature, uh, our legislative majorities are doing a grand audit of the election. Now that process probably won't be completed until I think the fall. So this is ongoing and aggressive on the part of the legislative majorities. They, Jeanette Branchen, who is the committee chair now, has subpoena power. And she's calling people in front of this committee in order to answer questions. So imagine like open records requests in person and on steroids. She's asked the mayor to testify, uh, the mayor of Green Bay, the individual mayor, has been requested at least two, if not three times, and the city attorney has declined for him to appear and offer himself instead. So pay attention. I don't think that's going to last long. Would he be forced? If she subpoenas him and he doesn't show up, it, then you'd be in contempt. Okay. But recall, too, the secondary questions that come from conversations like this. Guys, if you are reporting, like if you actually see with your own eyes instances of voter fraud, you need to be reporting those. And if you do not report those, then that's kind of on, on you. Um, you've got to report these things. And if you report them and nothing happens, you must help hold elected officials accountable for their unwillingness to chase down these things. And if you find they are unwilling to answer to the will of the people, then those elected officials ought to be replaced. We have the power to do that. We are the electorate. And that's something that you all have the opportunity to do. And I'll take this moment just to ask you all to consider doing the hard thing, which is running for political office. Whether it is partisan or nonpartisan, you're all qualified. Uh, there are a lot of people out there who say, oh, I, I don't have a resume for this, I don't have a background for this, I don't have a bandwidth for this, I don't have a time for this. Well, you, you have a bandwidth and the time to be frustrated. What if instead you spent that time campaigning? Because you all have friends. All right. Additional, okay, we got, yes, my turn. Tom Kennevin, and I'm retired and a veteran. Uh, I'm following up on election integrity. 
I do not think any outside money should be allowed in Wisconsin to help count votes. Uh, number two, uh, I agree with you on the elected officials or appointed officials should be the only ones allowed to vote. I know the mayor said that none of these outside people touched the ballots. Al Capone never pulled the trigger either. <laughs> it's all you have to do is tell them how to cheat. You don't have to do the cheating for them. Uh, so I want uh, them to live in the city or the county, and they have to be accountable to that, whether they're appointed or elected. Also, I think uh, it always should have uh, partisan observers, either independent or partisan observers at all times, and that uh, for localities of a certain size or greater, it should be filmed and the film retained for a reasonable time, amount of time to uh, answer any objections. And I think that ballots for uh, mail-in ballots, and I use a mail-in ballot, any ballot should have watermarks and different things to protect the integrity that you cannot just manufacture ballots. Thank you. Great, thank you, Tom, very much. Um, uh, Tom did bring something up that I should share with you all. The 1848 Project is nonpartisan not associated with a political party, but we are openly conservative. With that being said, one thing you may not know about the process for poll watching is if you have never volunteered to be an election observer or a poll watcher, you may not realize that all counties accept lists from the Democrat Party and the Republican Party, and they are required, no joke, required to pull their poll workers from these lists first. So the first people they call, they're required by law, off of these Republican and these Democrat lists that are submitted to them. And if they're like, oh, well, I can't do that, I can't take a day off work to do this, yes, you can. Uh, because also by law in Wisconsin, you are paid to be a poll worker and you can take the day off of work. You've done that? Thank you for doing that. Uh, but your two people know this. Um, please do this. Every county that I'm aware of, every single county that I'm aware of, struggles to fill up their lists. I wish I was joking with you right now. I am seeing a party chairman look at me right now and nod his head going, yes, it is a struggle to fill up these lists. If you care about election integrity and you have never been a poll worker, if you care about election integrity and you are constantly a poll watcher, please put your name down because the county is required to pull your name first. And that's all I have to say about We have another time. Huh. Yeah, um, first of all, I'm going to straighten something out. Pony others would be Spider Rico. You want to go back to the Rocky analogy, <laughs> Spider Rico. So I think the one thing that we all just get weary from is zero consequences to these people. Nothing ever happens to them. We all talk tough. Um, our side is saying, and, and Rebecca, you're giving us, you know, laws and rules they have to follow. They need to. They need to wear orange. And until they were orange, nothing's going to change. My son and daughter, when they were in school, they didn't clean their room, and I didn't say anything to them. It's just as simple as that. 
they didn't clean their room, pick it up, there were consequences, then the clean, the room would be clean. So all of this stuff we're talking about. It's all well and good, but until those guys get put one, and, and it's our side that winds up in jail, not their side. So it's a pretty general point that I'm making here, but these people need to pay for what they are doing. And until that changes, until there are consequences, the bet's not going to get made. That's all I've got. Well, that's a good point that's been made. But I think that kind of redoubles uh, what I said earlier. If you see something going down, if you see it with your own eyes, you must file a report. Just forwarding something or reposting on your social media is not going to lock someone up for doing a bad thing. It is really important that we have documentation and proof of the bad things happening. Now obviously this audit is going to produce documentation. That's what we need. But the more you talk about it, the more you say things, I hope that that also encourages you to seek the right channels to make sure that people are held accountable. Because honestly, the governor is going to veto all of this really great legislation. That's the honest truth, uh, because the governor wants to move into the 2022 elections under the same circumstances that we faced in 2020. I do not say that to be discouraging to you. I say that to be honest with you, because I think it's very important we need to go in fact in honesty, because the other side does not. But if this is the way we are going to go into 2022 fall, We've got to be prepared to play under the same rules as Democrats are playing on. And if Democrats are equating elections to soccer games, right now Republicans may be using their heads and they may be kicking the ball, but Democrats are also catching and throwing. And if those are the same rules that we are going to be playing by in fall of 2022, it's time Republicans throw hands. You know that in Wisconsin, ballot harvesting is technically not illegal, guys. Think about that for a second. People who are Republican voters in this room may be saying, well, that's, that's just wrong. It's, you know, it's compromising our morals and values. Democrats are doing it. Right now, Democrats are paying people $10, $15 an hour to go do doors. They're knocking on doors, they're registering voters. They're handing out propaganda. Republicans have typically, over time, depended on sweet retirees to go door to door as volunteers doing some of the same things. Democrats are hiring mercenaries to do this work. It is time for us to build an army, and it is time for us to throw hands in fall of 22, because these are the circumstances under which we will have to fight. And so, Please let's remember this as we march into battle together because we know that we're going to have a fight. We got to be ready for it. We can't say, well, well, we didn't anticipate things being like this. This isn't the layout that we were considering when we play by. We know what the layout is going to be. We've got to be ready. Now we've got to start now. All right. Uh, biggest problem. No, I okay. For, for Democrats, 
in the audience who are masquerading as conservatives. I did not just encourage any sort of physical behavior that would be in violation of any law. I am, when I use battle, I say that as an analogy, obviously, I don't want anyone to do anything that would be untoward. I just want to add one thing when you said that uh, anybody out here thinks they cannot qualify to run for office. Uh, I just want to say Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I could say Joe Biden. about the handling of this last year. We were in the middle of a pandemic. We saw so many schools shut down, so many small businesses who were told that they were non-essential, so many big businesses who were allowed to stay open, so many people going on unemployment insurance, unemployment insurance boosters, being extended through September of this year. So many employers now desperate to actually hire more employees. Um, how many of you would like to see some things protected 100%, never taken away from you in the case of an emergency? John. If I can, if I can back up to the last subject. Um, when, um, yeah, Dennis Felt is the name. I'm, uh, I spend my winter down in Texas monitoring the border for Joe. <laughs> but anyhow, um, what I think is just really awful is the way the teachers' union gets so much money to, to force their agenda through, and our side gives $20 and $50 to try to compete against that money. There's so much power in that, and I really believe that had a big part of how one uh, term Tony got elected. It, it's frustrating effect. Thank you. Agreed. Other freedoms, you want to make sure that they are not taken away. Obviously, we want our kids to be in school, right? Jim Ochoa, uh, speaking of the last year, I'm extremely worried about the digital passport. I would like the Sanson to outlaw that because Ron DeSantis has come in Florida. Well, the, the good news there is your legislature is with you on that. Um, they passed two bills to make sure that Wisconsin would never have a vaccine passport or a vaccine requirement. I completely agree with them. Unfortunately, the uh, governor vetoed those
because that's the only way. We don't have veto proof majorities. Right? It's the only way that we ensure these things are codified in law, because otherwise it takes a lawsuit winding its way all the way up to the state Supreme Court. We've got a one conservative majority right now, and it's kind of a swingy uh, conservative majority. Uh, we have one vote that can kind of swing back and forth. And so we want to make sure that these things do get codified in law. Because right now, uh, the mass mandate was struck down by saying that the governor does not have the powers to extend beyond the 60-day period. And we also know that the lockdown was also struck down by the state Supreme Court. But I don't disagree with you. This is the slippery slope that we have to fall. I would suggest that if you do not want to do that, you not go work for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and listen, every, every private house is allowed to have their own rules, including private companies, but there are a lot, we're seeing a lot of people kind of vote with their feet, so to speak. Not just in their workplace, but also in education. There are a lot of parents who said, hey, listen, if you're not going to open up to my kid this year's school district, I'm taking my kid and I am homeschooling them, or I am enrolling them in a private school or a separate charter school. We have seen so many public schools drained of tens of thousands of kids this year because people voted with their feet. But that, to me, is empowering. That, to me, says people are getting active and they're willing to actually pull the trigger on some of this stuff. Again, the violent industry is with me. But here's the thing. Um, it should feel empowering. You can vote with your feet. You have the opportunity to not buy pills. But isn't this whole idea uh, against TikTok? Against our there are, there are going to be a lot of lawsuits I would anticipate regarding that. And I am not a healthcare attorney. And you know, I've, I've talked with attorneys about this. I anticipate we will see a huge amount of lawsuits in private entities regarding HIPAA violations. I haven't seen any yet, but this is one reason why I think that it's very destructive for Governor Evers to even be talking about things like a vaccine passport or a vaccine mandate. Things you want to protect in case of emergency in the future. This is not the first time Wisconsin or, or any state has seen an emergency. Hi, my name is Jeff Monastery, and I actually work for Amerilux. Um, one of my problems is, is I'm turning Tony, I do not know his stance on defunding the police. Um, I have not heard anything. I've not heard any show, so I have no clue where he stands, but I'm concerned about that. I'm also concerned about the fact that I will refuse to be a government guinea pig and get this vaccine. It's not gonna happen. Um, I'm worried about being uh, ostracized because of the fact that I will not, I'm not even my life, get the vaccine. So the passport and the chip that I've heard is coming around. There's a company in 
the class, I think, or Claire, that was actually chipping their employees. Um, it's going to happen. Not with, not with, not in my house. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yes, you do. Does everyone know the reference? Planet of the Apes? That's great. He used to say it when he did speeches. Yeah, well, that was NRA, actually. Um, so on the defunding police, um, my understanding is that the governor has not made explicit statements about that, but you can glean, I think, what you need to out of the statements that he has made post Jacob Blake um, in Kenosha, um, post Wauwatosa decision, and then also post Madison. Um, when the police are told to stand down while the city county building is firebombed and the state senator is beaten unconscious and they tear down a Catholic Union Colonel and the tribute to the quality in our capital city. Um, and then when you can't be bothered to show up until four days after Kenosha burns and issue the statement almost immediately, passing judgment and making a determination about who was actually responsible in the Jacob Blake situation after seeing only 30 seconds of cell phone video. You can't, yeah, I think you kind of know exactly where he stands on stuff like that. But the fact is, um, riots are unacceptable and illegal. And those who are responsible for them should be met with full consequences of the law. You should not make neighborhoods unsafe in order to change the way the world is viewing the situation. Peaceful protests get you so much more opportunity. And unfortunately, I think what we're seeing is a bastardization of Dr. King's vision for people judging <coughs> others not by the color of their skin, but by the content of the character. And I think our government might have missed that. Well, I think we can blame Turo for that. He was coming to that Antifa and BLM and all that other activism. Anytime we decide we're going to go out and peace and protest, Well, let's win elections. That is the easiest and best way to accomplish what we want, winning elections. And running good candidates in those elections is absolutely essential. All right, back to the back to the pandemic. We were talking about making sure police funding is something that is not taken away and is respected in an emergency situation. What else? I just want to clarify because I was just rereading my notes. So talk about the bills before that will prevent vaccination discrimination. You, you referenced those, but then you also mentioned private businesses obviously can make certain rules. I just want to clarify. So if, if those vaccination, non-discrimination vaccination bills pass and were signing the law in the next administration, where do you think of those two? Two points are kind of at opposite, but I just want to make sure everyone's clear. No forced vaccines, no vaccination passport. 
Okay, regarding uh, the government taking away rights, let's face it, the government does not have a great track record in uh, protecting our rights over time. So as a, as a point of policy, when, whether it's um, mask mandates or whether it's what we're teaching our kids in school or what we're putting into our bodies through vaccines, perhaps a point of policy would be that the government should be providing us the best and most accurate information that's available and allowing us to make intelligent decisions as a society, not telling us what to do, because the track record of telling us what to do does not usually lead to good places. Thank you. Well said. We use your bully pulpit to actually put out facts as opposed to opinions. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Tom German. I'm uh, retired. I saw Darkest Hour, it was all about how terribly hard Winston Churchill had, had it to um, assume his place in history. Um, made a big impression on me. I really uh, got on board with Trump. I was halfway, no, I was 100%, but I really got 150% on board after I saw that movie, this great man that just about didn't make it. Uh, what do I think uh, is Wisconsin's biggest problem is uh, how fast the feds under uh, this administration are making it impossible to get Republicans elected going forward. I think that's Wisconsin's biggest problem is the federal government. Uh, Thank you, Tom. Reference to HR1, guys, and obviously federalism is going to be a, a huge and contentious issue in 22. We've got to make sure that people know our stance on it. Go ahead. Um, Kyle Wagner. Um, getting back to about the rights being taken away, I think it's very important to keep our rights on if we want to take the vaccine or not. It's our choice, not someone else. Thank you. Let me give you some examples too. Um, in past emergencies, where something which would seem to be perhaps simple was taken away. After Hurricane Katrina, you guys will recall that there was mass flooding in areas that were the ghetto in Louisiana, and there were boats that would come up to homes. Quite frequently, the homeowners or renters would make the assumption that those were rescue boats coming to take them away or uh, coming to give them fresh water, which was in short supply. In fact, they were coming to take the guns in those homes. Out west, um, there was a state during this last pandemic that decided to take away fishing. In Alberta right now, not allowed to go to church, Canada, obviously, but then in Ontario, not allowed to play at an outdoor playground outdoors for children outdoors. So think along those lines. What things would you want to make sure, as simple as they are, would never be taken away in the event of an emergency in the future? I had a different uh, piece of feedback to your question. Um, and my feedback touches on a couple of uh, the topics that you covered, the election integrity 
the masking mandate, the vaccine passport. Um, and what I wanted to say is that um, I think from what I've heard from my small, small circle of friends and, and acquaintances is that for those of us that are taking action, yet I know there's people who reported election fraud. There are many people I know who pulled their children out of school because they did not want them to wear a mask. Um, there's people who are already saying they refuse to get the vaccine and they'll do what they need to do. For those of us that are, like, frankly, our lives are derailed over all of this. And we feel like we've been doing nothing but pounding the pavement to, to do what we need to do to make these things right. Um, frankly, being told, well, you need to report that election fraud or you need to don't, don't go work at that place, go somewhere else, or um, you know, take your kids out of public school, that's all well and good. But until those of us that are doing those things feel like the people on the other side are doing what they need to do, and frankly, a handful of Republicans that are actually listening to us doesn't cut it. We need to know that every Republican that we voted for isn't out there doing their shenanigans and patting us on the head like we're all stupid, and then turning around and betraying us. And until that, until we see that, you're not going to get a lot of fire in the belly out here to continue doing their job. And we're getting tired of it. exact same thing at a listening session in Walworth County probably four weeks ago. And here's what I said. I know that you guys showed up here today because you actually talked. You are the fighters. You are the ones who are actually doing the work, the foot soldiers, and it's exhausting. I know that you are frustrated, constantly railing against what you see as an invasion of your personal freedoms, liberties, and are frustrated by the fact that you seem to be the only one out there, and it's lonely. A lot of you fought really, really hard to get the president reelected last year, only to be hugely disappointed. I am saying that you are not alone, and that you showed up here and there are other people here with you. I tell you that because last year, I did 86 events in the middle of the pandemic. I was nonstop all over the state. I understand what you are going through. I get it, it's hard. It's hard to be away from your family every single night fighting what feels like the lie. I get it. I understand what it is like to disappoint someone because you're supposed to go to their concert or their game, but instead, you were trying to fight for freedom four hours away. I get it. But I will also tell you that my pastor said something in the retelling of the story of Nehemiah that I have listened to and sealed in my heart, and I hope you will too, and I hope you will stay in this fight because it is worth it. And that is this. God will lay something on your heart. I think that he has laid it probably on all of your hearts to fight for this country and fight for this state and fight for your family's individual rights. Otherwise, you would not be here. I wouldn't do that. But in that, 
you also must understand that there are going to be people who will be fighting against you constantly when you are trying to do God's will for you and when you're trying to get into it. For Nehemiah, it was building the wall, rebuilding the wall. And he had all these workers working with him, but he knew that there were going to be people who would try to discourage him, distract him, and discredit him in the process. And if you think about the fight that you are in right now, I bet you could personally identify people who are trying to discourage you, people who are trying to distract you, and people, particularly in the media, who are trying to discredit you. Maybe they're even on your Facebook page. Stay in the fight, please, just as Nehemiah continues to build on the foundation that he and his workers laid together. In the final days of that building project, he was called away for a meeting and he refused to go. It was one of his detractors. And he said to his workers at that time, I'm not gonna go, I'm going to continue the project, but just know this, keep a trowel in one hand and keep a sword in the other. I know that it is exhausting. I know it because I am fueled someday solidly on coffee. But I also know it is worth it. And I like to think that the days away from my children are somehow made up in the fact that I am saving the world from my little corner. And I'm telling you right now that your efforts are worth it. And you are truly saving the world from your corner of Please keep building. Listen to what the Lord has laid on your heart and do not be discouraged. There are people here in this fight with you. Please don't give up that. Because there are people right now who after last fall's losses want to walk away. If we walk away now, we become a permanent minority party. Wisconsin will not continue to elect Republicans. We are in danger of that. And when that happens, you know the path we are going down. It is the path of AOC. It is the path of Elizabeth Warren. It is the path of Bernie Sanders. It is creepy time. No thank you. Thank you. trying to vote these clowns out. How do we hold them accountable now without calling them up and being hung up on or being pacified? Which clown? Just to clarify, which Legally fight at their level. We need good people to run for political office, guys, and, and please don't think that you know we can wait until four weeks before the thing in order to run good people for political office. We've got to have you thinking about it now and starting to do doors now. 
All of a sudden, conservatives across the state realized, oh, school board elections are in April. We had so many write-in candidates because they had missed the deadline for nomination signatures. We actually won races with write-in candidates across Wisconsin because people were so irritated. All I'm saying is, please let's start now. Because now is the time to start doing doors, start meeting people. And yes, I realize that there are still people who don't want to answer their door because they're you know, scared of people coming to, to their door. But there are events that we can go to where there are conservatives and we can be communicating and shaking hands. We can be starting social pages where we are getting people together in groups of like-minded folks. There are patriot groups out there where people are passionate and want and motivated and want to make changes. We can do it. We can do it, and I tell you that because I just refuse to give up. I refuse to believe that the last 12 years of my life have done nothing. Um, I am going to keep barreling forward, and we do need to hold people accountable. But that's why I gave you those four names to Google, so you can read their bills. Sometimes bills take a second. To build because you've got to make sure that you run the legal tracks, and that's why legislative fiscal bureau, legislative reference bureau have to go through this entire process to make sure that what you're actually putting out there for co-sponsorship is going to be legal according to our constitution, according to the federal constitution, before they put it out for co-sponsors and start start working its way. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um, you had asked uh, about different things that we don't want to see lost. And my concern is um, my rights as a parent. Um, with the, the recent announcement that anyone 16 or over is eligible for a vaccine, and I want to be sure my 16 or 17 year old needs my consent. Same with uh, minors receiving abortions. Uh, public parents' knowledge. Um, the other thing is my son was in public school, which was completely virtual, and he was suffering greatly, and then a friend 